What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Renee Billiald on the episode today. I'm so excited. Did I say your name right? <laughs> you sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I am just going to toss it to you and start wherever you'd like. Sure. Um, so I have had um, one confirmed miscarriage, one that I am fairly certain I had now that I had a confirmed one. And I also had a chemical pregnancy. Um, so the first one that I had was the chemical pregnancy. I had that in August of 2014. Um, it was just kind of a really strange experience. Um, I was really late and I took pregnancy tests. They kept coming back negative and I just didn't understand it. Um, so I went to the doctor and she confirmed with blood tests. She's like, well, you're definitely not pregnant. Uh, you know, just hang in there. And so I waited three more weeks and then I still didn't get my period. And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure you just have a chemical pregnancy. So just, you know, hold it out. So that was my first experience. And it was just really bizarre. We weren't trying or anything like that. But I still felt like a little bit emotional about it. Um, but it was kind of a different experience. We weren't trying or anything like that. It just kind of happened. Um, and then in September of 2016, um, my husband and I decided we should maybe start thinking more about our family. Uh, so we thought we would start trying at that point. So trying for us was, you know, the ovulation sticks and tracking and all of that. Um, and then in November of 2016, I had just like the worst pain I've ever experienced. Um, I was about eight days late and I was going to take a pregnancy test, but I was kind of nervous because I was like, oh, what if it's positive? Like, what does that mean? And I was kind of still in that new phase. And so I was going to take one the next day and then I ended up getting my period as I thought it was, but I just, I've never had that kind of like gut-wrenching pain like I felt kind of like my insides were ripping out I don't really know any different way to say it like I was in the fetal position it was just awful and it lasted for a really long time I think it lasted about 10 days or so which was really unusual for me uh, but I never went to the doctor so I never had it as a confirmed pregnancy uh, so it depends you know if I talk to someone I say oh I've had one miscarriage or I've had two, it kind of depends on who I'm talking to or if I have time to kind of explain it. And it's not because I want more or anything like that. Like it's, it's just people who have been through it kind of get it. And people who have not been through it, they just, it's hard for them to understand. Um, and then we kept trying and we were trying we were getting a bit disheartened. I mean, by no means were we waiting a long time when I hear other people's stories, but you still have that hope and you have that dream and that desire to have kids and it's just not happening. 
Um, and then in April, late April, I found out I was pregnant again and I was so excited. And, um, I took, (laughs) I took my pregnancy test on my break at work because I didn't want my husband to find it. And I wanted to surprise him. And I just like, part of me just knew I was pregnant. I just, I'd never had those kind of feelings before. And grossly, my first symptom of pregnancy always is that I burp uncontrollably and I don't know if that is a normal thing or not but I just I couldn't stop and it was just bizarre and um so I took my pregnancy test in a mall bathroom which is just the weirdest place I took three so classy um, just to make sure I know I know (laughs) and um and I threw them out in the mall um bathroom garbage as well (laughs) like whoever was emptying those garbages probably thought you know crazy things but um, and then I went back to work and I'm a I'm a 911 operator and I work you know in a high stress kind of situation and I was like giddy the whole day I was so happy and it's just not regularly (laughs) regularly that kind of environment (laughs) so I'm sure my coworkers thought like oh she's you know got something going on and then I went home (laughs) and I I recorded my husband's reaction and it was just the most beautiful like purest reaction ever and we were so excited we bawled like all night we like talked about baby names it was just we were so happy and we were so so excited um and then May 4th I had an ultrasound um, and everything looked good and then the next day I started bleeding and um, it was pretty early Um, so they said you know there's no real way that we can tell you just kind of have to wait it out and that was the worst couple of days I've ever experienced and the pain that I felt was exactly the same pain that I had in November of the previous year. And um, yeah, it was, it was hard to be patient and it was hard to be patient with the medical professionals here. Like all I wanted was someone to say, yes, your baby is still fine or no, unfortunately, this isn't mm-hmm. the right time. Answers and, are better than no answers. Oh, yeah. And just the waiting is unbearable sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we had to go to the hospital and the hospital took my blood work. And the doctor that came in was just, you could tell that he's done this like all the time. And he just said, oh, your levels don't look good. Go home and come back for an ultrasound. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's that's it (laughs) and uh so we went home and we live far away from most of our family so we called our family to let them know what was going on the only person who knew that I was pregnant was my mom because she had come out to visit us and we had surprised her in the airport with a sign that said uh welcome to Alberta Oma which is what she would have been called and she was super excited. It was amazing to share that, that joy with her. And, um, so we kind of let everybody else know that we were pregnant, but you know, we didn't, we didn't know if we still were. And it was, you know, that kind of conversation. 
Um, and then the next day we went in for an ultrasound. It was that internal ultrasound and they confirmed that the baby was not there anymore. And I knew that it was that way. Um, like I, I had kind of felt it the day before the, all the clots and everything like that. And like part of me just knew, but I was holding on to hope until somebody told me not to anymore. And that was kind of our miscarriage experience. Um, I was really upset. I was really emotional and we cried a lot and we tried to talk to people, um, but it was really hard when you're in that kind of grief and like all your dreams and all your hopes and everything again, kind of feel like they've slipped away for a little while. And it's a bit, it's a bit of a dark place, I would say. <sighs> yeah. So um, we decided that um, we were going to plant a flower for our baby. So we bought a peony because um, peonies in Alberta here, they are meant to bloom every May. So we thought that would be a beautiful reminder for us um, of the baby that we lost. So that was on May 6th that we got confirmation that our baby was not there anymore. So that was at um, six weeks and two days. So really, I was I was very early. But yeah, it just doesn't really matter, I guess, how early you are. It's still your baby and it's still your family. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we decided that we would plant this flower and it was just a symbol for us of, you know, the beautiful joy that we felt when we were pregnant and we just, we were really sad, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it was, um, it was a good moment for us. And, um, yeah, when that flower blooms every May it it just is beautiful. And I don't know, part of me thought that maybe it was a girl. I don't know why. So we bought a pink peony. And oh, um, that's yeah, such and a cool idea. So that was the way it's just a, it's a perennial. So it comes back every year. And um, yeah, that's, that's our baby. And, and I always will remember, you know, the love that we felt, but it was also a shaping time for us in our marriage. And we made it through and it was really challenging. But then we were talking and we we're like, oh, I don't know if we should, you know, decide if we should try to, you know, go for another kid again or whatnot. And we both decided we didn't want to put that pressure on of, you know, trying anymore like that. The ovulation sticks and the tracking and all of that can be extremely stressful. And um, so we decided we'll just see what happens. And <laughs> thankfully, we were both on the same page that, you know, we didn't want to say no um, because when we had this conversation, I was already pregnant with our next baby. And so I just kind of felt off in June. And um, a couple of my girlfriends had come to visit me. And I told them, I said, oh, you know what? I just, I don't feel quite right. And I was burping again. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like part of me just, you know, felt a little bit off. And I was like, oh, I don't know that it would have happened and so we were going home to Ontario and I said to Kyle my husband I said you know what if 
if we <laughs> if I you know haven't got my period by the time we're back in Alberta I'll take a pregnancy test but like I don't want to go through those emotions of it being negative again and uh, we were in Ontario and I was supposed to get together with my friends and we were supposed to have a couple drinks and like I just felt guilty um, I don't know if you've had that as well but I just felt like so guilty so I decided to take a pregnancy test before I went out with them. So this one, more classily, probably not, I took in a grocery store bathroom because we were around our family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then we looked at it um, and I put it away and then we looked at it together when we were in the car and it was positive and we were both blown away like completely floored we had no idea how this could have happened because we had just you know gone through all the trying and everything like that it, you know wasn't working out and sure enough it was positive so we lost our baby in April and May that one at six weeks and two days so when I came back to Alberta I had an ultrasound and this baby was already at six weeks and three days so we were already one day further ahead and it was just, I was so glad that we were already further ahead than we were the last time. <sighs> and it was so joyful and we really celebrated together, but instantly I started to feel just this crazy amount of anxiety the anxiety kind of subsided for the first 12 weeks because I was so sick and I was so tired that every time that I <laughs> threw up, <laughs> it was just a reminder to me that I was pregnant. And so I kind of liked it with lack of a better word. I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. I and was every laughing time... one time while like throwing up. And my yeah. husband was like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm so happy that I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every time I'd feel nauseous or every time I'm like, I just need to go to bed. I'm so tired. Like, I agreed to go on a Yukon road trip with my husband, like, in this time. And we were talking and, you know, I agreed to, like, not have a running water for six days and no bathroom and stuff like that. I'm like, when did you ask me if this was okay? He's like, oh, you know, this time. I'm like, oh, when I was sleeping all the time and had no clue what was going on. But I, like, I was so thankful for those first few months. Like, I could barely eat anything. I was so sick. And, and every time that I was sick or every time I had a symptom, it was just a reminder to me that I was pregnant. And same thing as you. I was smiling while I was throwing up, it was really weird. Um, but then I woke up one morning and all of my pregnancy symptoms were gone. And that's when my anxiety came back, like irrationally came back. And, and it was bad. Um, the only time that I felt good is when I went to my OB and I could, because my OB has the like ultrasound equipment in his office. And so I was able to see our baby every single time I went. And I was able to hear the heartbeat every single time that I went. And that was the only time I would say that I really felt confident that everything was going to be okay. Which isn't Other often that, either. Like you don't go to the doctor that no. often at no, the beginning. Like every, every four weeks, I think I had to go. Yeah. 
Um, and he was really good because he said, you know, if you're feeling anxious, because I told him I was feeling really anxious and, and I wasn't showing. I didn't show until I was about, I want to say 18 weeks is when I felt like I was showing. Um, so I felt like there was nothing validating that I was pregnant. I didn't have to wear maternity clothes. I was still wearing my regular clothes. I wasn't throwing up. Like I was never nauseous. And I was just, I felt like I was kind of spiraling and I obviously couldn't go on any medication because I was pregnant. And, um, so it was kind of a mind over matter thing. And I decided not to get one of those, um, Dopplers. A lot of people, uh, suggested that to me, like, Oh, then you can hear the heartbeat whenever you want. But I was fearful that I wouldn't be able to find it and then freak out more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I it decided can do one of two things. Can yeah, give you reassurance and, or can make you spiral. hundred <laughs> percent. And I, I knew that if I couldn't find it, I would spiral, and that that would be a really bad thing for me. And faith-wise, I just kind of thought like I just need to have faith that everything is going to be okay. And as long as I wasn't alone, I was able to distract myself, and I was able to kind of tell myself everything was okay but sometimes I'd be sitting at work and it's it's pretty high paced at work and then there would be a lull and in that lull I'm like oh my goodness am I still pregnant and it would just all spiral again so as long as I was busy I was okay as long as I was with someone else I was okay but as soon as I was alone I felt like that's when my mind would really remember how terrible it was when we had the miscarriage and how how much I don't know how it would be awful to go through that again or have to explain to your family that you know you're having another miscarriage and all those things just kept coming back and then I started showing and I had to start using maternity clothes and I thought it's gonna get better and the irrationality just continued. I Later in my pregnancy, I would still be seeing my stomach move. And in my head, I would still think like, it was just a terrible thought. But in my head all the time, I would think like, like he's dead. That's kind of what I kept thinking. And it was just, it was awful. Like if I explained it to people, like, I yeah, I'd be seeing my stomach move. And I'd still think that he was not there. Yeah. I can completely relate. So I talked to my doctors and they said again, like, we can't really, you know, put you on anything. But then they told me I had to be on pretty high alert once our baby was born for postpartum depression because I was experiencing kind of like a bit of mental health conditions during this pregnancy. So then I started fearing already things that weren't even happening. So it was all kind of spiraling. And um, I was due on February 10. And um, I finished work on January 24th. And then I had a lot of time to myself. (laughs) And you'd think when you're gigantic and like the size of, you know, three people in one because you're so huge (laughs) that you'd feel better and you'd think like like this is actually going to happen and have a lot of hope and faith and it didn't get better and it was just it took so much away from 
from my pregnancy. And so I guess I wanted to share mostly about the anxiety that I felt and, and tell other people too that, you know, you're not alone and it's not your fault either. Um, but if you can get any kind of help for it, then do it and try, if you can, to deal with your miscarriages to do it. I feel like I didn't really have the time to process our miscarriage or deal with it kind of properly. I went through like this whole thing, right? I had a miscarriage and I was devastated and I felt like I lost my child. And then like five weeks later, I found out that I was supposed to have another one. And it was just a a roller coaster of emotions. I feel like I didn't get the help that I needed. I didn't go to any grief you know, counseling or any kind of support groups or anything like that. I didn't do any of it. And I, I regret it now a little bit because I feel like I didn't really experience my pregnancy as, as joyfully as I could have, because that could have been, you know, the only successful pregnancy that I have in my life. And, and for me, it was more of a means to an end than to really enjoy and savor every moment. And, um, Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I feel like, uh, I feel like miscarriage robs us of a lot of things and the joy during pregnancy is definitely one of them. Unless like you said, you can find, you know, that help and your way through. And for me, it was Zoloft. I did go on medication. (laughs) I, I, yeah, they wouldn't let me like, I couldn't, I think every you know, doctor is different. For sure. And probably a difference of, of countries as well. I don't know. if Yeah. I know there's true. a lot of difference between our medical systems as well. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I had really, you know, some other symptoms during pregnancy that were really uncomfortable. And instead of putting me on some medication, I was told, you know, eat some fruits and vegetables. I'm like, yeah. what do you think <laughs> I'm doing? Like, but, yeah, I definitely think the U.S. might be a little bit different in that sense. But I think miscarriage, unfortunately, it does have a bit of a stigma or people are, you know, ashamed to talk about it. And and so that's why I wanted to open up about it. And I wanted people yeah. to to know you're not alone and you don't have to feel those things by yourself because the best thing that I had was when I was able to find someone who had been through what I'd been through and we could just share unspoken words. That was so beautiful to me and it was so reassuring and it was so helpful to me to find someone who had, you know, a similar experience and don't be afraid to reach out to someone who has been through a miscarriage or, or to talk about it because more people go through it than you know, whether they talk about it or not. There's some people who, who are comfortable being silent about it. But then there's other people like myself who really heal through sharing. And so mm-hmm. when I can share our story and I can share what I went through, I'm hoping that other people can relate and think like, oh yeah, definitely I've experienced that. And you know what, it's going to get better because mm-hmm. now I can say too, I can talk about it and I can be open about it. It doesn't mean, you know, I'm 100% okay with what happened. It was still terrible, <laughs> but... I have a beautiful son and, and sometimes, sometimes things do happen for a reason. I never would have had my son if we didn't go through that miscarriage, right? I would have had, I would have had a different baby and I never would have got to know him. So moving forward, 
but I try to think of it that way. Um, just timing wise, right? I, I never would have had my son because okay. I got pregnant two weeks later. But it's 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 okay to talk about and yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with going through a miscarriage. I remember feeling a lot like my body was betraying me. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of women go through that, right? It's it's something we, you know, should be able to do or something that, that we want to be able to do or something we desire for our family. And, and when it's not working, you just feel like, I don't know, I felt like a sense of guilt. And, and it it was really difficult and it was hard to talk about, especially when we weren't pregnant and we weren't, hadn't had a miscarriage yet. So I definitely would never say, oh, you know, we tried forever or, you know, we, we were struggling with infertility. It was never anything like that. But those few months where you think why, you know, those questions of why continually come into your mind, it's okay. And, and so many people can relate and, if you need to talk to anybody, definitely reach out because so many women go through this, whether they talk about it or not. Yeah. If somebody does want to reach out, where could they reach you? Yeah, um, definitely anyone can feel free to email me. Um, I can give you my email information or awesome. um, to reach out on Instagram. 100% I've had. Um, so I opened a little business and I donate some of my proceeds to miscarriage awareness here. And um, so I talk about it quite a bit on my page and I've had a few women who have reached out to me or, or if some people have, you know, submitted orders and they, they tell me their story when they submit an order, it's just so validating to what I'm doing. And I just, I'm so thankful that it gives people an opportunity to share what they're doing. And, and that's the only reason that I decided to start talking about it is, I felt pretty alone. Um, I only know two people actually who have been through a miscarriage. Um, and I was able to lean on those people, but I want, I want to be someone that others can lean on as well because you should feel loved and you should feel, you know, cared for and all of those things. And my husband was amazing through it and he was so supportive but it's different too, right? Because he, he didn't experience it physically or anything like that. Like I had my miscarriage on, um, I started bleeding on a Saturday and I went back to work on a Wednesday, the, the following Wednesday. And to still be going through it physically and having to, you know, try to focus on something else is Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. Um, and I don't think I should have gone back when I did. I probably should have taken a little bit more time. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it is something emotionally traumatic that that you go through. And if you need help, like, don't be afraid to reach out. Definitely. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. And I really appreciate you touching on the anxiety that comes with pregnancy after miscarriage because just like miscarriage is kind of like a stigma and not really talked about I also feel like those feelings that we have when we're pregnant after miscarriage the anxiety the not really enjoying our pregnancy um, not really 
taking it all in like me we maybe feel like we should I feel like that's kind of a stigma too and that's also something that's very silent and I think that a lot of us go through it so I appreciate that very much yeah definitely yeah mental health has I think it's come a long way but I think it has a ways to go yeah um, in terms of stigma and and there's nothing wrong like I, I remember thinking there was something wrong with me and there is nothing wrong with what you're going through but admit to yourself if you're having a hard time and and try to to seek the help that you can get because you don't have to go through that alone yes exactly well said thank you so much Renee thank you Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.